Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Lee Vowell and Todd Vandenberg. Hey, we're here. We're here. It's a week before Easter. You got big Easter plans next week. Easter is happening next week, no matter when you're listening to this. It's always a week off. So uh, what about you? You, you, you listener. Sounds like, a, sounds like a good show. It's uh, I've asked, so the, I got to pause for dead air because I've asked the listener what they're doing for Easter. No, there's no listeners. We know that. So there's no point in waiting for the response. That's right. Chris in Newfoundland has responded, but I can't understand a damn thing he's saying. <laughs> Would probably be true. Probably. So anyway, this is the Twelfth Man Rising podcast. Pause for dead air. Nikki X Happy Hour. Baseball, beer, and barbecue. We'll actually get into baseball. Not so much beer. Not at all barbecue. Um, and we'll also talk uh, NCAA basketball tournament, men's and women's. And uh, of course, we're gonna talk uh, NFL Seahawks, which is what we do badly here. And then uh, we have our Rob Gordon's at the end of the show. So. Uh, thanks for listening. That's our show for today. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're not done yet. Anyway, I'm Lee. Todd, how are you? I am drinking rum, pure rum. He's already set up pre-pro. I did. I'm actually, uh, I threw in, well, I didn't he throw in, I didn't whoa, throw whoa, in whoa. more coke. I didn't throw in more coke. Cocaine? No, that'd be interesting. Cocaine and rum? Isn't it just interesting how when you throw up, it's very different from when you throw down? Uh, oh, that reminds me. I watched Babylon last <laughs> night. Okay. I'm pretty sure I know which of those phrases reminded you of Babylon. How yeah, the throwing ba- up. Yeah, yeah. How was Babylon? Have you seen it? Have you not seen it? I, I thought you saw seen, it. I've not seen Babylon yet, no. Um, It's a little iron weedish. <laughs> In other words, it's a laugh riot. <laughs> It's uh no it's it's a little bit of everywhere it's it's the acting's really good um it, it, I I can see why it wasn't nominated for best picture because it's just a mess it's a little bit too long I mean I, I understand why they made it and it's it, there's no really like well if they cut this twenty minutes out because you can't really do that but it's it's so it's, it's an good it's what's that it's an Andy Warhol film it's 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 it's, it's, it's good. That's how you always know a film is like mm, when you say. Eh, 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 <laughs> well, it's, it's like it's some good. of the bad stuff that's happens. You kind of know it's happened. I mean, it's not yeah. like there's no. It's like oh, okay, this character because we already so we're leading to that. Okay, so we know how that storyline ends. What about this? Okay, well, we know how that, and we're on the journey to get to the end of the storyline. It's just right. like, eh. I, I mean, it's good. It's just it's three hour legit three hours, and it's uh, it's not. Lord of the Rings, if you know what I mean, but it's it's still good, it's still worth watching. I watch it mainly yeah. for the throwing up scenes. Yeah, well, there's a the they there's a couple. The first scene is like very chaotic, and and it's there's a lot of. I think it's 
I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, you'll have to watch it. I'll have to watch it. <clears throat> so, again, we are talking Seahawks. Um, and Babylon's a lot. Li- no, I'm just kidding. So, it's... Uh, <laughs> Uh no it's 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 uh, it's interesting. Uh. Anyway, uh so the Seahawks. Uh we're going to get into like a mock draft kind of story. We're not really going to do a mock draft. That would be boring. But we will talk about the players that are picked to go in a lot of the mock drafts to the Seahawks. Oh, you're picked to go. Well, Margaret Robbie obviously. She's always a winner. Nah. And Brad Brad Pitt for that matter. He's always always good. Always a winner. Always winner. Um. So, uh, but we'll just go into and get straight into the players who most mock drafts. I've seen a bunch of Jalen Carter, which we've talked enough about Jalen Carter on this podcast. It's not the Jalen Carter yeah. podcast. Um, but I've, one thing I'm seeing more and more of, and it could just be John Schneider saying, I think we actually might take this guy just to kind of build up them trading right. back, is Anthony Richardson, who yeah. had a his pro day. He seems like a good dude, first of yeah, all. He'd, right. he'd be a good guy to have on the team. He just yeah, seems like agree. Um, in the locker room and maybe on the field. But his pro day was kind of like how he has been the whole time, right? So it's like mm-hmm. he can throw further than most humans ever could have, right? 70 right, yards. Right. It's the ceiling on one of the passes. Right, right. Um, but still just his ball placement when again no pressure on him nobody's covering the receivers but ball placement to in the intermediate range to his receivers that's a concern and and maybe it's a it's a coachable thing but you think i hope so well yeah i mean he he didn't have great coaching in college but he has had an independent quarterback coach up until the pro day and the ball placement was still the same well to be honest i'm not the best quarterback coach so well Mainly I mean, we would, we would, he, he, and I would just he fired you and went to me, if I remember correctly, not not mm. to put you on the spot. And that's why he di- digressed, I think. He, <laughs> he, he, was re- he was like Peyton Manning-esque. He was like, oh, I'm with, uh, I don't like that. Todd, Todd drinks too much rum. You know, and it's like, I'm going to go to Lee. And then he's just like Will Levis uh, mentally. It, <laughs> it is a concern that the biggest story from his pro day is he hit the ceiling. Yeah. Literally. Uh, we know he's got a bazooka for an arm or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, whatever the new term is. But that's not the issue. It never has been the issue. The issue is, can he hit the guy who's 20 yards away with two guys draped over him? Can he hit those hands? And mm-hmm, it, it, maybe he will get to the point where he will. And like you said, I'm going to say his name one more time. This guy it appears to be the anti-Jalen Carter, just as far as issues off the field. Yeah. You know, I was like, if the Seahawks get him, he's in the perfect spot to sit and learn for a year, maybe two years. That's okay. Whoever gets him, I hope he is sitting on the bench for a year because I think if he is pressed into starting duty – He's going to be a bust because he's not ready for the NFL because he doesn't have that accuracy yet. And we don't know if he ever will. Like you said, he's had a personal coach and it's like it's not really improved. But, you know, maybe he just needs more time, better coaching, whatever. It would be awesome if this guy. I'm sorry to interrupt. I don't know who he was throwing to, actually, now that I think about it, because it's like. and, And the ball placement is one thing. But if he's throwing to his receivers that he played with, they weren't very good. 
So I'm sure. wondering if if playing with like Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf actually <laughs> makes things better. Thinking, Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. I was as soon as you said that, I was like, yeah. And if he's throwing to Tyler Lockett, Tyler Lockett's going to make those adjustments. Right. But the issue is, is like everybody's not Tyler Lockett. DK Metcalf doesn't make the. I mean, he makes adjustments, but nobody makes the adjustments like Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett makes everybody look good because that yeah. guy. I mean. It's like, oh, the ball's six yards from where it's, good, it's supposed to be? Don't worry. I'll be there. <laughs> That's right. That's right. If Baldwin doesn't get it, I'm getting it. Um, <laughs> it's, um, yeah, seriously. There's one so, thing that makes me we'll think see. maybe they actually are going to take Richardson, because I can't wait till 20 unless they move back up or something. Of course, he'll be gone. Yeah, but at five, if there's a chance, if there's a sign that maybe they're going to take Richardson at number five, it's not that they re-signed Geno, it's that they re-signed Drew Locke as well. Yes, exactly. Because then it's like, like you said, you don't want this guy to be a starter right away. Some quarterbacks can come in, they're not going to yeah. be perfect, but they're, they, they are ready to start in the NFL more than others. A lot of other quarterbacks... You know, like Sam Howell, big UNC guy, right? But there's yeah. no way. I don't even know how he'll be long term, but there's no way he should have been playing at all last year. Right. He might play this year. With Richardson, he needs a year to, to learn or most of a year. Maybe he gets some spot That's duty later in the season. But but if the fact that they have Geno Andrew Locke means Richardson is like, oh, OK, well, actually, I don't if Geno gets hurt, heaven forbid, Lock can come in, and then exactly. if, then if Lock gets hurt, then Richardson is like, okay, but yeah, then they're not stuck like the 49ers were, and it's like oh, exactly we're gonna have a running back runner. It, virtually no quarterbacks should come in as rookies and start. None. Dan Marino didn't. Pat, no, he he wasn't good enough. Patrick Mahomes <laughs> didn't. Yeah, you know it's like Peyton Manning, yeah. top five quarterback of all time. Some people might say the best ever. He was not good as a rookie. Troy Aikman. 28 interceptions, right? Yeah. Troy Aikman. Hmm. Was never good. Oh, I thought that's right. <laughs> Troy Aikman, who, yeah, we agree. He was not like one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, but he was a good quarterback for sure. He was atrocious as a rookie. It's like quarterbacks should not start as rookies in the NFL. I don't care how good they are because the best, some of the best ever didn't do it. And they were better off for sitting and watching and practicing. And Richardson definitely is in that category. It's like, or, or your quarterback like Tom Brady, who did play in his rookie year because of its blood. So wasn't good. Right. But he didn't throw. And, you know, he, right. Yeah, and he, he came in to a, to a well-built team and he did, just handed off a whole bunch. He didn't throw same, new, obviously as much as he did. Marino. Marino came in as a rookie, but it wasn't game one. It wasn't like, Oh, you're the man. And like, there's a few games into it. There's a huge difference. And Richardson definitely, uh, the Seahawks would be a perfect system for him, a perfect uh, situation. Absolutely. And they're set up that if, if they do pick him, wherever they pick him, and he looks like he's ready in season two, they're set up where they could say, Gino, uh, we appreciate all you've done for us, but we're done because that's how the contract is set up, that they could do that. Right. Um, which, and Gino, unless he's awful this year, and I don't believe he will be, I believe he'll be excellent. He's set up where he can go on to the next team and find a job if that happens. I really don't want to see that happen, even if Richardson 
is drafted and he looks great, I would I still want still want Geno next year too. But it's it would be a perfect situation for Richardson. But that's very uh, concerning is the fact that his accuracy still isn't there. Right. Against uncovered receivers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with no pressure in his face. Yeah. Um, again, he'll have better receivers than obviously he had at Florida. Um, but, but, but he still but has you know, to get maybe the ball. He's one of these, maybe he's would will wind up being one of these guys who's – and it didn't show out – it didn't show up in games either because his accuracy issues were still there. Not like the guy's terrible, but I mean – yeah, I mean, just the, his maybe, you know, no, but the, the difference, I guess, with the Seahawks is that Tyler Lockett, especially Lockett, can yeah. work himself open, whereas, <laughs> sure. you know, Richardson didn't have those kind of receivers in college. Exactly. But maybe under pressure, he would play better because some people, that's how they are. It's like they're not practice players. And I'm not talking about Allen Iverson, but, you know, they're game day players and they need that pressure. And it's a weird thing, but it. It happens with some players. Regardless of what happens with the dude, I, I hope he uh, does well in the future. Unless, of course, he's across the field from the Seahawks, in which case is like, this is the time you throw five picks, buddy. The rest of the time, right. do whatever. Yeah, and, and no offense. Like I said, we both like Richardson oh, yeah. as, as a guy. I mean, I think he would be he would be a great addition at number 20. I think, I, I think he'll be a good quarterback. The question is, is he's going to be is he will he be a great quarterback right. as he stands now as what we've seen? Yeah, he can. He's a starting NFL quarterback. I don't mean like day one, but yeah, absolutely. Hey, he has a physical skill to do it, obviously. So <laughs> obviously he does. Well, and, and opposed to Will <clears throat> Levis and, 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 the, and the mentality to do it, too. Yeah, exactly. Part. Yeah. And as and that kind of plays into the Will Levis thing to me yeah. anyway. Levis, maybe he maybe end up being a great player. I, I saw something on ESPN today. It was like comparing Josh Allen to Will Levis and how their stats were all so similar, almost mm. identical in college. Mm. But the the difference is that Will Levis was it's kind of the opposite of yeah. of like Richardson versus Allen because Richardson, yeah, he was going up against SEC defenses as well, but you could kind of see like his teammates. Well, Levis didn't have great teammates either, but the difference between he and Allen to me is that because he was going up against SEC Levis, going up against SEC defenses and, and a lot of future NFL players, what concerns me is not his arm talent, which is obviously there, and his quick release, which is obviously there. It's just the fact that he th- makes some throws. He made some throws, and I, I know the argument is like, oh, his receivers couldn't get open. He was making throws, especially against Tennessee, which we saw last year. Yeah, that I his there was no way his receiver was ever going to be open. He was just making horrible decisions, and he did that. He was so inconsistent with his decision making. That's what concerns me, because you can coach Richardson yeah. to throw more accurate and intermediate routes, right? But let's either Joe Montana or not. You know what I mean? I totally agree. That's why I was going. Mm, it wasn't like appreciative. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, Levis. He, he seems to at critical times. He seems to find the open cornerback more often. Yeah, and he hits some square and good throws right to the cornerback for maybe a return pick six. Yeah, uh, I would take Richardson twice or three times before I would take Levis. And I, I think it's I think it's comical that. Any, I mean, Levis is not a first rounder. 
No. He, he just is not. And he, he is. Would you all, take him at 20? All the drafts. No. Hell no. I would take Richardson at five before I would take Levis at 20. And I don't want to take Richardson at five because the Seahawks have bigger needs. Jalen Carter. <laughs> you said his name again. But no, I would not take Levis. In, oh, actually, just in to jump in, round. a little bit of how the sausage is made. Every time we mention Jalen Carter, we get paid $30. Did you not know that? I love it. It only goes Carter. to the person mentioning Jalen Carter's name. Jalen Carter. Carter. Jalen Carter is so awesome. Did you know that Jalen Carter's name starts with a J and ends with an R? Yeah, because it's Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter's name is everything. Welcome to the Jalen Carter is the bomb podcast. Um, We're talking shit about him. We're not really, though. 37. 37, I would take Levis, but he'll be gone in the first 10. Um, but no, See, I, I, totally I saw agree. one thing where he said, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but I saw one mock. The only reason I interrupted you is because I saw one mock today that said Levis and it was like ESPN or CBS sports or something that he fell out of the top 10, which shocked yeah, me because I, I don't see that happening. Yeah, I saw the same thing, but it was like 11 or 12. It wasn't like he like dropped way out. It's not 10. And it's just the vagaries of the way the draft goes. I ran a bunch of. Uh, eh, talking about how the sausage is made, do you know that I, I did not sleep from about 6.10, we talked about this in pre-pro, I said, a.m. Friday until about 1-ish in the morning, this morning. Because you were yeah. tweeting uh, Schefter and Rappaport? I was, I was, yeah. But I did run 50 mock drafts. Like, literally, I actually literally did 50 mock drafts because it was like, mm, I can't really think clearly enough to actually do anything worthwhile so i'll just do this um <laughs> seriously and uh yeah levis goes pretty quickly in all of those mocks because and again, this is just obviously software that's pulling the other uh picks but yeah levis is gonna go fast because quarterbacks go fast Quarterbacks go fast, and quarterbacks with arm talent go really, really fast. Yeah, they always like go higher like, than than you expect. Any other compared to any other position, quarterbacks always they go. They do higher than they should. And and in some of the some of the mocks, as like the the top four quarterbacks were gone literally in the top four picks. I would say like maybe twenty percent of the mocks, they were all gone. Like oh, because teams four. like traded up, like with the Cardinals or something. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it happens. Um, I feel someone's mock, and it wasn't like one Lee of the vowels. things I just leave vowels mock. What is, what is the uh, tackle's name? Storinkowski, something like that? Someone had uh, the Seahawks take him. It's like, yeah, I saw that too. It's like, mm, I don't think they're going to take a tackle with one of the, in the first round. Because no, I don't think they're no. going to tackle Lucas and Cross didn't look very fifth. good. Like, why would you? Oh my God! It's like I'm I'm picturing... it's like taking a punter. Let's see, what do they not need? <laughs> they don't need a punter. They don't need a kicker. They don't need top two receivers, really. Although yeah. they might. Yeah, we'll get into that. But it's but, uh, they don't need tackles. I saw that. Um, it's just like, are you are you kidding me? It's like, and it wasn't twenty. They need somebody it to was... replace Tariq Woolen. That guy's it's not like... working out. Actually, I think it was they they had him taken at the 20 spot. And it was like, hmm. Yeah. Why, yeah. Why, why would you why would you write that? What are you doing? 
I don't know. I've Some people like to do it. They, 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 I think what, I don't know if you did this when you were running the mock drafts, if you actually ran the drafts themselves or if you did the choosing. I think what a lot of people do, and, and you're not, this isn't your article. No, I ran the draft. Saying, I ran the draft, yeah. yeah. So a lot of people would just let the mock draft run itself and be like, oh, this is, that, that to me takes the fun out of it, right? I mean, mock drafts yeah, yeah. are just, it's just for fun anyway. We don't really right. know. Nobody knows. Heck, no, even John not. Schneider doesn't know because he doesn't know how the, the draft's going to line up. At exactly. Point. Exactly. No one knows what's going to happen until until it's like your slot because you have no idea. You have an idea, but you don't know for sure what the other teams are going to do until yeah, if the Cardinals it. trade back. I mean, you're going to have your pick of anybody other than a quarterback. And some teams make bizarre decisions anyway. <laughs> yeah. It, so you know, it's like the you Panthers know, are like, you know what? We won't choose a quarterback number one. <laughs> We're gonna take a corner. <laughs> Bijan Robinson. <laughs> He's a, could be really good, but number one. Hmm. No, yeah, especially in in the NFL today. I hope they. Wouldn't it be fantastic if they do that? Because that would be an endless source of articles. Yes. And joy is like, and in today's NFL environment, Panthers take a running back. Like, That's right. Well, the. With what? the first pick in the 2023 draft, the Carolina Panthers select center. Blah. And it's like <laughs> they won't even take the best center. <laughs> That's right. They'll, they'll take the guy from Michigan who won the Outland <laughs> Trophy, but mm, he's not the best center anyway. Out of Carson Newman College, which is now university because he's so old, leave owl. <laughs> is Carson Newman a university now? Yeah, they changed it a few years really? ago. Yeah. Interesting. I remember when it just used to be the one building that burned down all those kids. <laughs> well, that's, so sad. Um, that's right. There were guns involved, so we didn't care about it in Tennessee, but you know, some other state or anywhere else, basically. Do you know that? Let's get a little political. Do you know that Thursday, the Florida state legislator legislature, not there's one. It's DeSantis. He's he's got rid of everybody else. That's the truth. They, it is DeSantis. They passed a. Uh, Law that you no longer need to have a permit to carry a concealed handgun. Oh yeah, Tennessee's doing that. A loaded. Yeah. Handgun. Tennessee, Tennessee is doing that and actually trying to lower the rate, uh, the age from 21 to 18. Here's what happens in Florida. I don't know if he signed it into law or not yet, but anybody will. And he decreed. He decreed it, I believe. This, yeah, pretty much. This, this is the week of the latest mass shooting in a in an elementary school <laughs> here's what happens to you if you are found carrying a concealed loaded handgun and you don't have your id you have to have your id like you know oh, your voter's registration your florida <laughs> driver's license whatever your passport that's the requirement you have to have that on you while you're carrying your loaded concealed handgun you pay a 25 dollar fine that seriously, that's the law. That's what happens. The week of the latest mass shooting is like I am so sick of this. Yeah. All yeah, right. I was um, the two two weeks. I'm going to see uh two a little a little less than two weeks. Uh, I'm going to see David Cross in concert. He's in Knoxville. Oh really? How cool. Yeah, and I was I was watching uh, this past week. Um, I was he's, he's in one of my favorite bands, David Cross, Nash and Young. Yeah, 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 yeah. Show's over, by the way. Todd has been cut off, so you just got me the rest of the time. Um, he mentions God Fleetwood Mac. Um, Thank but, uh, God for you. 
No, but we uh, I was rewatching a 2016 when when Trump it was still the the Trump was still running and he, the the Republican nomination had not yet been cemented, but he was talking about it was 2016 again. So he was talking about yeah, there was a mass shooting this week in Ohio. <laughs> it's like and this is what people always say when they're and I don't know if anybody knows David Cross, but he's extremely liberal, aggressively liberal, right? But um. He's like, people always are going to say, oh, thoughts and prayers and blah, blah, blah. And exactly like exactly what they said this week, which is what they say every week. He was like, it's funny, you know, he's like shooting guns, whatever. You know, it's like what they really should do is they should take your fingerprint or thumbprint. And that's what you have to put on the gun to start the gun or to be able to shoot the gun, just like they do with your phone. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, it's and he was kind of half joking, but I was like, at the same time, it's like, <laughs> well, of course. Of course. He was like, why Why just arm the teachers? I mean, they're not trained or anything. Go ahead and give guns to the kids, too. Yeah, a friend of mine on Facebook posted that thing. is like, oh, let's, uh, yeah, let's militarize the schools. And blah, but he blah. was joking. Yeah, obviously. yeah. Uh, well, my friend wasn't. He was like, oh, you know, let's arm the teachers. And blah, blah, That's blah. why I said like, Cross was joking because I had a feeling your friend was not. No, yeah, Cross was joking. But, uh, and our mutual friend, Mike Barnes, Big Mike, uh, posted, reposted something something and it was a list of all the school shootings i don't even know how many there were but there was one before columbine and it just it's like a it's literally a death scroll obviously yeah. and it goes on and on and on i don't know how many schools are there like 120 or whatever and it's not just schools of course and my other <clears throat> friend person i used to work with oh, didn't can work. i can i jump in for just please, a second please it's please how sad and you're right it's not just schools how sad is it that now we have to be like well at least yeah. it wasn't a school yeah, he's you know he said it's like oh you know we need to really make sure the teachers are armed and we need to like secure the schools. It's like well, this school was secure and she shot the window exactly. out so she could open it. So no, they're not secure. But whatever, okay, that's besides the point. And it's like and I responded oh and let's also secure, let's see shopping malls, movie theaters, uh, public spaces, like or hmm. or maybe you secure secure the weapons. I don't have, I don't care about, I've got friends who, a few friends who have like a lot of guns. And as I wrote, and this is unfortunately like the third or fourth time I've written this, I would try, they can have a freaking M1 Abrams tank. I don't care because I know they would have it parked at a range and they would, as responsibly as you could use something like that, they would. I don't care about them. I don't care about people having AR-15s as long as they're responsible. I know that sounds insane, but exactly. Because how do you regulate back, the responsibility? You know, how do you trust thumbprint? Thumbprint on the guns. The seller of the weapon is legally responsible. If if I yeah, but in Tennessee she had seven weapons and she bought them all legally. And that's the problem. She bought them legally. She should not have been able to buy them legally. That's the issue. Yeah, well, it's, it's the same thing as if I'm a bartender and someone comes in and they're drunk and I serve them and they go out and kill someone. Oh. I'm responsible. You said bartender. For some reason, my brain went to Sweeney Todd. <laughs> it's not even a Let's bartender. talk about Sweeney Todd and the brilliance of Sweeney Todd. And no, we're not talking about the abomination with Johnny Depp. And it's an abomination because they don't sing the song. What's going on with that? Anyway, it was weird. It was weird. It, it, right. I mean, it's a cool movie, but it's like, how well, do they, you they not don't sing it? Sing you can it? hear the music, but you know, yeah. it's like, why? 
it's like it's the showstopper. Maybe that's why they didn't do it because they didn't want to stop the show. But you know, do it at the end. Anyway, uh, if you sell a gun and a crime is committed, you're legally responsible. Yep. How many gun sales? Yeah, because I mean, back? the lottery—you sell a lottery ticket, you get money back for it if you sell it. Like, oh, you sold the ticket. Here's—I forgot what if, it is—twenty-five thousand dollars or something. It's not chump change. Yeah. If you if you overserve alcohol and they go out and get in the crime. Guess who's going to jail? You are too. I just don't. There's so many easy ways to resolve this. Like, you know, and Cross was was joking, but I mean, gee, the technology's there on my phone, just like you said. Exactly. That's what put exactly it, what he was saying. Yeah. Put it on guns. Um, put chips in guns, and if the chip is destroyed, and um, yeah, there are workarounds for people who are going to do bad things. We get that, but you know. People act like, oh, there's there's nothing we can do. They throw up in their hands. It's like, now is not the time, right? The governor of Tennessee says, now is not the time. It's like he knew one of the victims, and he yeah. has the temerity to say, now is not the time. Yeah, every yeah, because time he would start losing is money. the time. He would lose it's all that NRA money. Yeah, I, we should we will eventually get back to football and the Seahawks, but it's unconscionable that you keep on hearing this. BS about thoughts and prayers is like, no, you need action. Thoughts and prayers haven't done a damn thing hundreds and hundreds of times. Why the hell do you think it's going to be any different this time? You know it's not because you depend on that it's not going to be different. Yep. Anyway. Yep. Number one killer of, of people under 18. <sighs> I mean, isn't that ridiculous? That Stupid. is ridiculous. Stupidity. Greed, basically. Greed is the number one killer. It's, well, it's willful stupidity, as you said. I mean, we, it's, we live in a country where we have a lot of freedoms that other places don't. And yet at the same time, it's like we're willfully stupid about the fact that, oh, well, you know, guns, you know, it's not guns that kill people. It's, it's like, OK, it's guns that kill people. Sorry. Anywho. Yes. Um, Time for our so, top. No. <laughs> no, I'm trying to like, what's the segue here? Back to back, uh, back to the yeah. The segue is back to the Seahawks. So. Oh, it looks like uh, according to Barstool Rocky Top, Neyland Stadium will no longer sell beer. Really? The hell. Yeah, you can bring your gun in, but you can't sell beer. <laughs> yeah, literally. I'm sure that's the case. Literally, you would be able to bring in your gun. Why are they uh, cutting off alcohol sales? Have there been know. incidents? This was or? alert on my phone for some reason. I haven't been to Neyland Stadium and. I have no idea. Decades. Well, they, they, they probably just the AI gods scanned the interwebs and they saw that you uh, frequently look. No, at that's not true, Todd. I don't have TikTok on my phone, so I'm safe. <laughs> oh my God! You know, maybe we shouldn't even talk about football. Maybe we should just <laughs> talk about how screwed up things. Anyway. Um, let me ask yeah, you this. Yeah, we pump up the volume, right? And we're doing our own little pirate radio thing. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh. <laughs> Do you think... Samantha Mathis is right next to Samantha. Samantha Mathis. 
that her name? The, That's the actress's yeah, name. Yeah, right? Samantha yeah, Samantha Mathis, yes. Uh, or that movie with... Uh, never mind. The pirate Gump? movie. Yeah, 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 that one. The pirate movie? Yeah, the uh, pirate radio movie, pirate radio, where he's off on the ship. Oh, that's uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it is just called Pirate Radio. No, it's not called Pirate Radio. But anyway, do you think uh, I have two questions for you and they tie in together? And this actually relates to football. Do you think that all the selfies with the quarterbacks? Actually, there's three questions now that the Seahawks are taking with the the top four. Do you think that's a smokescreen? Or. And part two. I'll take blue. Good call. My favorite color. Or actually my favorite. Or as Danny DeVito says, and it's always sunny. And he gives the lady who's uh, who's very old and decrepit. I gave her some blue. <laughs> Such a good show. Oh, my God. Um, and this is blue think, soup. Sorry. sorry. Do, you think, do you think this is a... Smokescreen, and they're just trying to hype their interest in the quarterback so they can move down? Or is it legit? Then slash, what do you think the odds are that they will trade down from five and still wind up with the person that they would have picked at five? Like, like say, I think it down, depends down on what the players. Cardinals do. I agree. And why do you think they have not done a selfie with with uh, Mr. Hooker of Tennessee yet. Although I saw him number five in one mock draft and I was just on ESPN mock what? draft. And, what? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. What? That was from this week. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Number yeah, five no, of the quarterbacks or number five slot like the overall number five. Yes, Listen, number five overall. <laughs> we both like, we both like the dude. We both. Like oh, him. we like him a lot. Like but, as a person. There, yes. But there are, as a football player, as a person, yeah. yeah as oh, a both, both, there yes. Are, there are three big questions with him. Age, he's almost as old, and he's not almost as old as Geno Smith, but he is almost as old as Drew Locke, for God's sakes. He's he's, 20, he's 25. Yeah, he's, he's older than <coughs> most of the 22 draft bit. I mean, he's older than, isn't he, who's been, somebody's been on the roster for a while, and he's older than, I'm trying to remember who it is. He's older than that per, I mean, 25 is not old, but if you're an NFL <clears throat> quarterback entering the league, you're old. You're old, yeah. Which is why uh, we'll get into Maybe we'll get into it next week. We probably won't get into it this week. But his age is a question. The system he played under, fantastic system, and that's the issue. How much of his production was him? How much of it was the system? And injury. He has three question marks. They're not big question marks, but they're concerns. Like, there's no way he's the fifth pick overall. Oh my I don't, god! The only thing I could the, so the ESPN thing, I wish I could find it. It was from a former GM, and I posted just the photo of it, and was like, I'm not really Is sure. It Is it Mike Tannenbaum? Ryan Tannehill? No, it was um, no, it was some yeah, Tannehill. Yeah, that would be funny. Okay. Um. No, I think it's Tannenbaum. Who it? was? It, actually, was, you may be right. Yeah. He was because yeah, I saw the same thing, and I eventually yep, it's, when I get it's around ten, to, ten and bomb. Yep. When I get into writing, is like I'll because I was going to write an article about it because I looked up his record when he was with the Jets, his record as in because he was the GM of the Jets, and he was a special consultant for the Dolphins. Uh, their drafts weren't that hot, no. as in I'm not surprised this idiot thinks that Hooker will go with a fifth pick. Yeah, it, this is what it says in his mind. Mindless. 
mindless. Came out came out last week. Um, this is number five, Seattle Seahawks, Hendon Hooker, and it says okay, okay, this might raise some eyebrows, but hear me out. I think Hooker is really underscouted right now, largely because he's coming off a torn ACL that he suffered at the end of last year. By the way, not the first of last year, so he's right. not underscouted. And this is, but I, that's me interjecting. But and yes. then he says, but I love his strong arm and six three frame. Before the injury, Hooker looked great for the Vols. He led the nation in yards per attempt, threw two interceptions over 11 starts, and was top 10 passer in terms of completion percentage. I see a potential franchise quarterback and someone who can lead an offense. Go watch his performance against Alabama if you disagree. The Seahawks recently re-signed Geno Smith, but this is an excellent opportunity to draft and develop Hooker while also letting him rehab the knee. Smith turns 33, again, not old for a veteran quarterback, Right. Somebody entering the league, yes. It tells you what, Smith is just eight years older than Hooker, by the way. Right. And his new contract offers Seattle various outs over the next three seasons. True. And all that said, it exactly as you just, the three points you brought up, doesn't dismiss any of those points. No. Everything he said is correct for Hooker if you take him in the second round. The Seahawks- yeah, sorry to jump on that Alabama thing, first of all. Right. If if they have Lane Kiffin as their as their head coach or whoever they've had over the last 20 years versus Josh Heupel, that game against Alabama doesn't turn out to be the same way. That's that was 100 percent Josh Heupel and uh-huh. Hinton Hooker running Heupel's offense mm-hmm. and Jalen Hyatt and Jalen Hyatt. Yep, but that, again, that's Heupel's offense. That's not Jalen right. Hyatt didn't do crap until oh, well, I guess uh, I guess I'll right. somehow fit into this guy's offense. Because yeah. Heupel's like an offensive genius. He is. He is. And I hope uh, I hope he's happy at Tennessee. At, we're both, obviously, Tennessee. Oh, he better be. They just gave him a huge extension through. Yeah. And hopefully this is where he retires eventually. Because the guy's a brilliant coach. And from I don't know that much about him personally. But from everything, the little I have read is like, that's the kind of person you want leading your team to. He's the next Bruce Pearl. Well, that's, that's a joke. That's in that case, <laughs> how's that? How's that hamburger doing there, kid? That's right. Um, oh my God, uh, is that what he said to her? I'm pretty sure that's what he said to her. Like, oh, actually, in that case, it was the hot dogs. Um, Here's my boat. We both like Hooker a lot, but. Hooker didn't say that, by the way. Pearl said that just to, I don't want yeah, people yeah, to be yeah, confused. Yeah. And neither did Heupel. Um, right. If he goes in the first round, more power to him. But there's no way in hell the Seahawks are going to take a quarterback with those three issues with the fifth pick when they have a quarterback. It's like I, I can see them possibly taking, possibly taking Stroud. Uh, which we don't expect to be available at that that point. No. But I can see that, but I don't think he'll be there. But Hooker would be available in the second round. There's no they no way they would take Hooker in the And pick. I would take him in the second in the second pick of the second round. I would take him. Absolutely I would. Absolutely I like I talked a little said I, I ran like 50 drafts is like anytime he was available in that second round I took him. It's like sometimes I waited too late. And sometimes he was, oh, my God, he's still there. Perfect. But mm-hmm. but they have serious needs in other areas. Qu- 
quarterback is not a serious need. And yes, you're not looking at this year. You're you're projecting for you know through the next ten years, et cetera. I get that. But Hooker will it be available well after the fifth pick. That's what makes Tampa right. Thomas and you and you don't. And as you said, Smith is in three year deal. If he works out next year, why get rid of him for 2024? I mean, you have to pay him more, but the cap's going to go up, and you'll probably have more cap space. You don't know what's going to happen. You can't. Well, well and, th- and they did it with the trading of Russell Wilson because right. the whole thing was designed of the next offseason. You wouldn't do it with Geno Smith thinking because you're not trading him. You would release him and then blah blah blah. Exactly. But you don't. You may not need a quarterback for at least three years if Geno Smith plays well. Right. So you don't have to knee jerk reaction. We got to take a quarterback. And and exactly. and with Hooker. You're right. We both like the, the guy. Seems like a good dude. I think he would be a phenomenal leader in a locker room. I agree. And I think he's talented. I just don't know. I love Hooker in the second round, but and I still don't. Even if you took him in the second round, I don't know if he ever turns out to be any good because you don't know. Yeah, you don't. Some of the throws he made were like mm, first in the NFL, but because of the offense, the if yeah. if anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, you have to go back and watch Tennessee football, watch several games, and see how they are set up. You can't set up the same way in the NFL. They've got their their receivers set wide. If they did that in the NFL, the quarterback would get killed. Yeah. But because the the it's college football, and the Tennessee's offensive line was good enough, and the skill receivers are good enough, and the quarterback was good enough, they were able to be productive. But in a lot of places, that wouldn't work. So. Yeah. Not in the NFL for sure. So definitely not. Uh, and we both agree that we think Hooker will develop into a great quarterback. I hope he's a Hall of Famer. I think we both gonna, hope that. Yeah, absolutely. But it's not going to be in 2023 Mm-mm. or probably <laughs> 2024. Yeah, I mean, it took him four years in college. Right. Exactly. So you know the calendar's rolling on this guy because of his age and the injury. And to th- exactly. I, again, I love the Seahawks picking him, but. They're not going to take him with a fifth pick. That's absolutely. That's one of the stupidest things. Because by I've the ever time seen. he's ready, he's twenty-seven. And this is why six years younger than Smith. Now it doesn't make any sense. This is why Tannenbaum's a talking head instead of working in the NFL because he he Nothing thinks like things us. Like, he thinks <laughs> like and the difference is, is like no one has been stupid enough to give us a job as the GM of a of an organization. Well, speak that's for why yourself. He's not, that's, that's why he's not. That's not why. That's why he doesn't have those jobs anymore. Because some Texans reached out to me this week, like and, and no, I'm I was sure. like, well, "Well, you guys are doing pretty well without me." So <laughs> the Houston Texans, the Houston Texans, are why the Seahawks may able may be able to land one of those top quarterbacks at five because they are a trash fire. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's that's true. It's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I would love. They to- may take a center. <laughs> they might they might and actually they, they would probably take a guard and move him to center um oh my god what a horrible organization uh it makes you happy to be a fan of the seahawks when you see how horribly run some of these other teams are it's just astounding how bad some of these organizations are yeah. and there's, there's only 32 of them you would think you could find a, a set of 32 people to do the right thing. And yeah, maybe they, they need make to money do. though. Right. They all make, well, that's the thing. It's like, you can be terrible, obviously, and make, like, and make billions yep. of dollars literally in the NFL. Exactly. It's like, well, who, who, which team, you may know this answer, but which team do you, in the major league baseball last year, do you think was the fifth most profitable, profitable team? 
I don't know off the top of my head, but it was probably... Oakland A's. Well, actually, that makes sense because they don't it spend any sense. money. Which goes back to the thought of, yeah. as as an NFL owner, are you? it's a business for you. You're there to make money. Right. And while we are going to totally 100%, and most fans are going to disagree with this statement, is can you blame them for making money, which is what their business is? They're not beholden to the fans. If the fans don't turn out, but they don't pay anything in payroll, they're still making money and they're still making a profit. So what do they care? But as fans, it's like, unfortunately, that's true. Yeah. Because we're not paying to show up to games, right? It's like, okay, well, I guess they don't really owe us anything because we're not even showing up. But if, if they do, if you have fans who don't show up and that happens as baseball versus the NFL, even the Texans are atrocious. You're still having fans show up. You owe those fans. I'm, I'm sorry, but you owe those fans a product that's going to be successful. Plus, but you're going to make a lot more money if you are in the NFL. Clearly, some of the clearly some of the uh, NFL owners don't think that. I mean, they would just assume be the Washington Generals of the NFL, and some of these. I think you meant the Washington Commanders. Yeah. Well, pretty much the same thing at this point. Exactly. Um, it's it's. It's frustrating for us, and we're not fans of those teams, and it's frustrating. And I can't imagine what it would be like to be a fan of the Texans. Like, yeah, because, and, and the of, reason that bothers me is is because it's like, well, what if the Mariners get that eye? What if the Seahawks? Yeah. They won't. But what if they? Well, the Mariners did for a while, but they were yeah. they were trying at least. They spent money. They just spent it poorly. Yeah. But it's like, what happens if they if they get it? I I, I gotta say this real fast. Trace Thompson. Uh, Last night for the Dodgers, you know, he hit three home runs, yeah. eight, RB, eight RBI, and a Dodgers win 10 to 1. That's a good week. Yeah. Well, it's funny. You say, I'm glad you said that because I looked up his stats and I was like, how old? I know he's been around for a while. That eight RBI is two better than two other seasons he's had. I was going to say, I'm and sure. Two other seasons, he had a com- he had nine RBIs, so he's one less than there. And those are that's he's played one game this year. He's three for four with three home <laughs> three home runs in the RBI. But it's just like he can wow, retire. that's what's that? He can retire. Yep. Other Dodgers to have three home runs and eight RBI in a game. There's a two. One's Adrian Gonzalez, and the other one is Gil Hodges. Hmm. Interesting lineup there. Yep. So that is crazy. Anyway, yeah, I, did, I was going to forget to say that. So also Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, you may know this as well. He he's still getting paid by the Reds. I'm I'm assuming you know that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's fourth like, highest. Highest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which again goes back to the Reds. I mean, I, I yeah. have to feel like the Reds are trying to get to a winner, but it seems like. They haven't really tried that hard lately, and it's yeah. kind of kind of a shame because the Reds are, you know, historically speaking, they're they're one of those teams that's like, oh, okay, in baseball. I mean, in the '70s, you know, and stuff like that, and even before that, I mean, they weren't always good, but they tried to be good. But the last few years, they just haven't. No, and it's just kind of a shame. It is. It is a shame when any team does. You know, it's like people have a people outside of New York City have a love hate relationship with George Steinbrenner. With everybody else. Oh yeah, with George Steinbrenner. Yeah. Well, well, everyone has a hate relationship with the Yankees outside of New York. But 
and the one thing you have to say about him is like at least he tried to put a winning team on the yeah. field always he didn't have to do that same thing as what we've been talking about like, well, we had that same conversation 30 years ago. You remember we were talking about the Yankees and George, because we've never been Yankees fans, nor Jim, George right. Steinbrenner fans. But we used to always say, well, at least he spends money on the team. Exactly. And he did. And he he spent money. He didn't have to do that. He could have been like so many of these owners is like, oh, look, it's my ATM. I'm going to take money out. Someone else is going to put money in. It's like he put a lot of money in. Always did. Uh, didn't make the best decisions. And he shouldn't have been making the decisions to begin with. That was the biggest problem. But, you know, obviously. Well, I think you, you, know, I think you, you went out there for a second. You're talking about Jerry Jones, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Anyway. Well, I mean, you know, Jerry thank, Jones and George Steinbrenner are, are a little bit alike, right? I mean, they're, they both. A lot alike. Yeah, they both. We really don't like either of them. But at the same time, they try to make their team winners. Yes. And, and they okay. spend money on the team. I mean, Jerry Jones for, you know, what do you think? I mean, he built that stadium. He spends money. I mean, he does everything. He's a fan, just like Steinbrenner was a fan. And neither one of them were smart enough to let people who know the, the business exactly. handle the business. Uh, Jerry Jones, even more so than Steinbrenner. Steinbrenner at least got to the point where he realized, oh, let me hire someone who knows what the hell they're doing and step back and get out of the way jones still hasn't done that you know who stepped back that guy for san diego state <laughs> that was sweet did you see i mean i, I was kind of hoping florida atlantic yes, would, that was sweet that was sweet i'm just talking wait, about the segue but yeah i know i know um but i was hoping florida atlantic would would win just because it's yeah. like you know I, I mean for for those who don't know i did play look i caught i taught uh, kermit washington all he knows um and uh that's going really? back away isn't it including, san diego including, State? The pun- including the punch really is that what you're doing yeah. well i mean uh, you know yeah you do what you gotta do yeah, no yeah, it was golden it, it was, man gotta apply gotta apply people, your resources exactly yeah I, exactly i mean you know i i may not have the <laughs> the physical ability to be great but i have the ability to help people be great um well mentally uh anyway <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, it's, uh, people can say what they want to. Connecticut's going to win it all. But people can say what they want to about the NCAA tournament. But at least we're getting games like that in the semifinals, right? Yes. And that game, uh, at what shot was contested, it wasn't like the guy was like, oh, okay, I'm just wide open. They didn't. Right. But it was like that shot. I mean, it was like money. Yeah. I don't know. That's what makes those kind of tournaments fun to watch. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I absolutely at 3:30 today Eastern Time I'm going to tune into this Iowa LSU women's game because jeez oh, that is going to be awesome. I mean you've got a uh, Caitlin Clark who just went off against South Carolina Again. and then you've got the LSU uh, team saying it was disrespectful the way Iowa was playing against South Carolina because they were laying off the guards. I'm like disrespectful. That's what won them the game. It's like you this is going to be a fantastic basketball game. If if women's sports were as heralded and watched as men's sports, how much money would Caitlin Clark be making this coming year? Well, she could, be, <laughs> she could probably play on the men's team and make them better. Well, yeah, that's true. And then she would get the NIL money. I'm sure they'd get some NIL money, but it's a lot less. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, her, she's, oh my she's God. arrogant. She is. 
she's like Richard Sherman out there. I was going to say, when you have that kind of talent, arrogance comes with it a lot. Yeah. Not always, but a lot. Right. I mean, you can be, yeah, I mean, you can be great on the field and still kind of play with, like, you can be Tyler Lockett, right? I was just going to say, you can be Tyler Lockett or you can be Richard Sherman. And right. we love Richard Sherman. And and there's nothing wrong with with saying I'm the best there is if you are. And he is the, Richard Sherman was the Bret Hart of football um well and love both of the players yeah there's nothing wrong i would prefer the tyler lockett approach it's like i would i would too but i think uh, two things we've talked about in in the women's game that doesn't get nearly as much appreciation as it should and and we've both been and maybe it's because you know we lived near knoxville tennessee which you yeah. either appreciate women's sports or you're an idiot, basically. <laughs> yeah. Which is weird, right? In Knoxville, Tennessee, you're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. But hello, uh, Pat Summit. Yep. Uh, and, but the track the track and field program gets a lot of respect because, you know, mm-hmm. it's successful as well. But but with Caitlin Clark, uh, women's basketball especially, and Gino, I, I don't like him as a person. So I think Caitlin right. Clark is oh, good for like, the game. You don't like Gino Ariama, the cheater, the scumbag? Yeah. Well, and you know, the scumbag. I think that's the thing. I don't care really if he cheats. I mean, it's kind of like Tom Brady, right? Okay, he cheats, but he doesn't seem like a bad guy. Yeah. So I don't really dislike him. But with uh, Gino, seems like a bad guy. But with Caitlin Clark, it's like I think she's good for the game. And and I, yeah. I think it's the other thing with tennis. You kind of almost need a John McEnroe type, right, yeah, for people to for pay sure. attention to it. And by the way, uh, there's a pickleball game on at uh, just started with. Uh, McEnroe and Agassi against Sampras and somebody else. Well, I'm not making that up. Really? Yeah. Pickleball. Oh my God, that's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Is this on ESPN Seven or? It's on. <laughs> it's on BBC Four. Um, it's uh, no, it's on. <laughs> it's on the ESPN app. That's an old joke, right? BBC Four. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. but I think you need those kind of people to unfortunately pay attention to those sports yeah. for uh, the general public, especially American general public. But if if you haven't watched Caitlin Clark play or know anything and just tune in and just be be entertained because you will at today smooth yeah is she the pistol pete of the modern generation pistol pete's uh that's a he's a he was a weird as a weird player right i mean he's kind of an odd guy too but kind of a he was a weird player because yeah he was so unbelievable in college and decent in the pros but it was just like him and Four other guys, you know, yeah. hey, sit these other guys. I'll just do it myself. That's kind of what it was. But she's I mean, that team's good. I also yeah. liked how um, Tom Izzo, he was on um, he was on ESPN radio actually earlier this week. And he was just for about half the segment, just raving about women's basketball in specifically and about Iowa being. And he was like, I'm 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 a fan. It's like I know the coach really well. He's a good dude. And I'm watching them, and I hope – I mean, it was just awesome to hear a college basketball coach Tom talk. Izzo, the anti-Gino Ariama. Yeah, the anti um, Yeah, because the, I can't even – I blanked out on the name of the coach for Iowa, but he was an assistant at, at Michigan, so Izzo would have yeah. known him pretty well. So And hated him because he was at Michigan. <laughs> Probably uh, set off cherry bombs at his house, like, <laughs> right before a game every, every time. Great um, John Mellencamp song. <laughs> Ooh, is Speaking, that a segue? It is accidental, <laughs> accidental segue. So, well, I'm not that smart. Uh, so, our, uh, you want to tell people what our Rob Gordons are uh, this week? 
uh, you probably should because you came up with it, but yeah, I will. Sure, always I, yeah. I will take it. I will take it. Today, the Rob Gordons, or tonight, if you're listening tonight, what time is it where you are, by the way? Uh, our it's a half not hour. Not half our, hour. It's a half hour before or after, depending on what time it is. Not our five, because there are just so many. Our ten. Sorry, Rob. Our ten favorite musical artists of the past seven minutes. Ooh, uh, I guess uh, Tom Ezzo. I'm trying <laughs> to think what we're talking about. Great hey. with, uh, on the trombone. There you go. Hey, 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 hey. Do not besmirch the mighty trombone, sir. Anyway, I still have mine, but it's in storage. So I um, think I go first. I mean, I, I think I go yeah, yeah, last. Yeah. You go last. So I will go first. And as always, in no particular order, uh, number 10 for me is Chicago, as in the iteration of well, Chicago. The show has come to an end abruptly. I apologize for those listening. We had a... <laughs> Chicago, as in... Anytime Peter Cetera is not singing, once he took the lead, not so much. But Chicago, the early version. I know, I've, I know, I, I know. I've mentioned this. There's a, 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 I haven't mentioned it on this podcast probably, but I'm sure I've told you this story. But several years ago, probably a decade ago, I was uh, when my youngest daughter was young. There was a chorus trip, and and my ex-wife at the time was in the chorus and. We went to Nashville, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I had child duty, which I didn't mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but which they had a – what's that? Which you love. You love child duty. Yeah. But it's Shermerhorn. Uh, and, and if you've never been there in Nashville, it's where the orchestra plays. And you can walk in, and, and then the way it's designed is there's literally no sound. Like literally no sound. It's like you're in space. It's crazy. Um, so you walk in. You can just sit. If nobody makes a noise, it's just there's nothingness, which is – because then they designed it that way because you get when the music plays, you actually get the full effect of the music. Right. Right. But but on the on the choir trip, um, Chicago um, was the, the it was the setup was that they had Chicago tickets, even though it had the choir was just a church choir thing. Yeah. But they bought Chicago tickets because they were at the Schirmerhorn, um for everyone that was in the choir. But we, we chose not to go because it's Chicago. Um, no, actually, it's, it's not a. I agree with you. Pre Peter Cetera, I can right, appreciate right. them more, right? I did see them in concert in like the late '80s when they had Peter Cetera, and it's just it's a different a different sound altogether. They turned into crap with Peter Cetera. Yeah, it was basically. a different they, approach. They turned, in, yeah. they turned into uh, pop. They turned into Genesis without Peter pop. Gabriel. So worse. They turned into oh yeah, worse. Bubblegum pop almost. It was hideous. It was like yep. the first the first. Mm, three albums fantastic anyway yeah, yeah you're right so um but it's chicago remember with pierce and Tara. so uh, the, the people in the choir were an older like older older group of people ancient and so the next morning we all got on the bus and several of them didn't seem like themselves and, and uh and and they like one of them the the wife was had come down with a cold uh-huh. and the guy was literally blaming chicago Literally blaming Chicago because of the the aggressive and loudness of the music that she had come down with this cold. And, and I realized then that Chicago not only is just a, I mean, they put Sabbath to shame, right? But they have the ability to cr- just change molecules in your body. <laughs> and I was thinking, and I just kept thinking, I never said anything to anybody because it would have been rude, obviously. But I was just thinking, are they talking about Chicago or did they somehow like? The See, city I don't know the play. 
on a movie. <laughs> yeah, um, it was Electric Wizard somehow took over. It was Chicago couldn't make it, so Electric Wizards. And uh, although, think, to to be fair, Chicago ten years ago was also without Peter Cetera, so they have turned back into a good band. This. Maybe it was more than ten. It appears Terry was there. I was just thinking. Uh, I, I had no idea that Chicago was a drudge metal band at the time. Oh, um, Jesus! Oh, anyway. oh, horrible. Yes. Num- number ten for me is not. Uh, it's a guy from the Midwest, but he's not f- from Chicago, and he doesn't sound anything like Chicago. It's Prince, who's from Minnesota, because he, pl- he plays he, everything. He's he just, sounds very unlike Chicago. Yes. <laughs> he uh, oh, he probably could if he wanted, because he plays all his instruments. He's a musical genius, right? Yes. And just does stuff and change music, especially in the early '80s, um, before he had made all those albums with Peter Cetera, and um. Wow, I can't even imagine that. Oh my God. Prince is probably like, yeah, we're recording this. Yeah, go ahead and sing. Go ahead. And he cuts I, all I, the Peter Cetera part out. I, I, just, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. It's like, it, what, what was the inspiration for When Doves Cry? Oh, well, I listened oh, to Peter Cetera. Oh my God, that hurts. <laughs> oh my God, the most hideous mashup ever. You're the inspiration. That's right. Jesus, shoot me now. Um, not is that a that's a shoot me yeah uh Carrie Underwood song right Jesus shoot me now I believe that's what it is that would is that be Carrie Underwood uh, I have no idea uh, we're gonna move on from that my number nine it's funny how we always do these Rob Gordons and like we take like 20 minutes to talk about the first two and then it's like we got to rush through the rest <laughs> the most important ones here's three three two and we uh right now blah 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 <laughs> my number nine Crosby Stills Nash and Young, although Crosby, Stills, Nash is also fine. I like uh, Neil Young's politics. I just never really liked his music. I know that's sacrilegious. But I like just... his music. I don't like his singing. Um, yeah, I agreed. But but you know, it's like I'm sure Bob Dylan's going to show up on yours. But it's like has has there been? Oh, a... he's not. He's not going up. Bob yeah. Dylan's up. Has there been a worse singer to have, have a greater influence? It's like. His singing is hideous. Oh, my God, it's awful, but amazing songs. But, yeah, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. You're number nine. We are not going to – the correlation between ours is not – it's going to be like, oh, yeah, you had this, and I had the complete like, opposite. None. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, I knew that was going to happen, yeah. The Stooges. <laughs> <laughs> so number nine for me is – I'm not making this up – the Stooges. I knew it. I'm I not knew, making that well, up. I knew the Stooges were on your list. I just didn't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Number nine. That's hilarious. Did I mention pre <laughs> in a few podcasts ago there was a there's a Stooges uh, documentary that's on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's really excellent. And of course, I'm uh, way up for me is a certain person, and they of did. Uh, for, yeah. They're really good friends with, or they were good friends right, with right. Um, Iggy Pop, and Iggy Pop. yeah, the Stooges are just aggressive and. I loved how stripped down the sound was, especially with the person who's number one on this list when he recorded the albums and it's just how stripped down it is. But yes, that's weird. I don't know if you're looking into my home, but if you are, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I knew the Stooges were going to come up and of course it was the perfect time for the Stooges. Um, my number, my, <laughs> I actually reworked. Number eight for you is Parliament Funkadelic. You know what? Almost. <laughs> seriously thought about putting them on uh, but my number eight and i'm kind of reordering my stuff and again you know what? i'm going to reorder this because i'm not going to put him in number eight so i'm going to go with the dave brubeck quartet oh, uh, that's really ab- weird absolutely brilliant music and as if you haven't watched 
Silver Linings Playbook. Watch it God, just for the one scene. Anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. you're number eight. Sir. I love Brubeck. Number eight for me is John Coltrane. <laughs> <laughs> we Seriously. did not. We did not. <laughs> We did not uh, confer before this. No. That's that's hilarious. Yeah. Not not. I mean, I knew Coltrane was going to be on the list, but I didn't know where. I mean, that's that's. I almost funny. had him at number six, and and actually marked. If anybody can look at my list, I actually marked him out and moved him down to eight because I was like, oh, I really want to have this. He could have been number six, but it's just kind of funny that you had Brubeck and yeah, Coltrane number eight. It is weird how, I mean, just the order is is funny how this is popping along. Speaking of popping. Speaking of popping, uh, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. Uh, Liza Minnelli. Uh, no, I'm just... Actually, saw her in concert. I like her. And and it was actually not in concert. It was actually a play uh, called The Act, and it was a terrible play. But she was terrific. But she's not on my list. Um, I am going to. Is go, her mom? Uh, her mom is not on my list. And speaking of moms, no. Um, <laughs> Mom's not on my, your mom's mom's in the my, papas. Your mom's on my list. They're not on my list either. Oh, no, they would never be on my list. Mom's and papas are fantastic. That song they had about the chicken is great. <laughs> now I'm now I'm getting uh, I'm getting conflicted about where to put people because this has worked so well so far. Uh, but I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm just going to go with uh, yeah, I'll put them here. Uh, number what the hell seven. are we on seven? seven? Yes, yeah. I'm going to go with Simon and Garfunkel. And oh, I one. also want to throw in that some of these would include a future iterations, as in Paul Simon. Without Mr. Garfunkel? Yeah, because, I've got one like that. Yeah, 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 because of the writing, et cetera, et cetera. But if I had to just choose between Paul Simon as a solo artist and Simon and Garfunkel, I'm going to go with Simon and Garfunkel. But yeah, driv- I, like, driv- I like Simon, driven, Simon and Garfunkel. Driven. And I like a lot of Paul Simon stuff by himself. And yeah, actually yeah. the – Graceland, incredible yeah. album. The person who uh, owns the uh, truly local coffee shop in Oak Ridge, it's called Bud's Coffee. Um, the guy who owns that actually does a lot of stuff. He is Paul Simon. Well, he's really good friends with Paul Simon, and that's not a joke. Is he really? Yeah, uh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's like my my friend uh, Joel Gazinski who who just said yeah, uh, yeah, and and the time he told me yeah, he was like my best man. This wedding was this guy named Paul. Was like, what? <laughs> anyway, so um, but uh, yeah, yeah, he's good friends. So, yeah, I like Simon Garfunkel. Not. Like my number seven, but I could I could definitely yeah, yeah. see my number seven would appreciate them I'm sure. But my number seven is a band I saw last year, early last year's a Scandinavian metal band uh, named Ghost, and I, I just the songs oh, kick yeah, yeah, ass. Yeah. I can't listen to them without them literally like earworms getting stuck in my head. There's very <laughs> few bands that I've ever had like that. I love the pairings so far. Simon and Garfunkel and Ghost. Like that would be <laughs> the a funny thing. Is I, would I could go see to. that happening though. I think they would appreciate <laughs> each other as opposed yeah, yeah, to the sure. other bands we've had on this. Yeah. Suede's like what? <laughs> <laughs> or the Stooges is like what? The Stooges. Oh my god. Prince is like who? <laughs> now Prince, and that's the. I mean, but Prince would actually recognize the talent. He might not like it. But Prince would know all of these artists. Absolutely. I'm just he saying might. Peter Cetera. He would say who, oh, but he's so like, why are you talking Prince. about him? Oh, yeah. Peter Cetera. Did, he, did uh, he die? Now, listen, if I had said Peter Cetera instead of Chicago, I would have expected <laughs> the end of the podcast right there. It's like, what the hell is wrong with you? Um, OK, so we are moving on from Ghost to number six, The Police. 
And oh, again, that's a good one. And again, moving on to Sting as a solo artist, the Dream of the Blue Turtles. I mean, great album. Albums after yeah. that, but Dream of the Blue Turtles is just a phenomenal album. And the concert film from that, Bring on the Night, is just absolutely incredible. But I actually I, saw that tour. Uh, did I tell you that? Uh, the you, Dream of the Blue Turtles, because uh, Branford Marsalis was on it. Branford Marsalis, yes. Yeah. Such an incredible band. I mean, such a yeah, brilliant yeah. concept. It's like, oh, okay, I'm going to bring this 80s rock pop, not really pop, Reggae. but I mean, yeah, <laughs> into the just absolutely brilliant concept. But I'm still going to go with the police as opposed to Sting as a solo artist. Your number six was? Yeah, actually, and, and I, I love the police. They're not on my top 10, but I could you know right. top 20 for sure uh, but my favorite sting song by himself is actually moon over bourbon street which is off that album Beautiful. it's a really good album yeah it's an and that i mean it, yeah that song that album is full of great songs that's a brilliant song well yeah pretty much they all are on that album the highway to hell song on that is, so um <laughs> i don't have acdc on this but it could be in my top 20 a uh, number six for me is uh manic street preachers which is uh an english band at least we kind of got a correlation there right but uh uh socialistic uh, uh band from the 90s they're not Britpop; they're their own thing but uh lyrically fantastic and uh uh kind of punk roots um especially early on and then became just great the songs the funny thing about all of these people we mentioned on both sides is the fact that if you don't got good songs it doesn't matter right you could be oh, yeah. A Kiss is not in my top 10. They're fantastic in concert. I like their songs, but if their songs were as good as they are in concert, they'd be number one on this list. It's right. just you got to have good songs. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. you got to have yeah. good songs. Which, I mean, Simon Garfunkel and Crosby, Stills, and Nash, I mean, it's the songs much more than the singers. Um, <clears throat> I, 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 like, yeah, I forgot to say this, but Paul Simon, when the – when he's on Saturday Night Live, especially older times, he, he's fantastic. But just <laughs> yes. the one with Paul, when he Garfunkel's on it is just yeah, so funny. It, it is him getting stuck in the elevator and like he's actually in hell and he didn't realize it. And all he's listening to is uh, uh, Mrs. Robinson. And he's like, oh, does this song keep playing on music? And he's like, oh well, John <laughs> Lovitz is the devil, I think. And then he he leaves the the one the one concert and he's you know he's being interviewed and he's like has this talent for remembering everybody who's ever been to a previous concert on where they were and then art garfunkel walks out <laughs> and he's like I, I don't recall i don't remember you well you're in a band for no i don't i don't remember you at all it's just hilarious which, which is really and which reminded me of the saturday night live in the elevator thing with sting and people are singing roxanne oh yeah and it's like yeah. oh my god um <laughs> but not nearly the level of hmm who are you again yeah. uh, <clears throat> and the who is not on my top 10 but would be in my top 20 uh god, now now we're getting to the point where it's really difficult because now we're at five and and again no particular order can i can i yes. say it i had to expand this pre-pro to 10 because right. I, I didn't want to leave people out i yeah. knew who my top five was hands down yeah like I can do a top five, but I kind of want to, I knew I'd have so many honorable mentions. That I was like, let's right. just do 10, but my five, the top uh, two, two and three have switched places. I think mostly because one just had a kick-ass album that just came out, but they've extended their greatness for a long period of time. But other than that, the top five is in order and remains the same and probably has for decades now. So mm, I would say my top three, 
are stayed the same. Uh, and I'm I'm reordering as we as we work. I'm reordering live, which is number five. Bell, Bill, and Devoe. <laughs> How the hell did you know? You are looking at this. Um, actually, my number five is as we go through this. Uh, the Temptations. Is oh my yeah. Five. Um, the musicality. In, in a way, that's kind of a horrible word, but uh, uh, and they were, they were better in the without Eddie Kendricks. I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> the Beach Boys were better without I, Brian Wilson. I, I knew you were joking, but it was it was I couldn't get the laugh out because it was still so shocking. It was excellent. Um, <clears throat> but the wall of sound. So obviously, a lot of it comes from the production values. But Bill Spector. Uh huh. I and I literally thought about putting Phil Spector on, just because of the incredible, not just influence, but the incredible. Yeah. He's the, the, the music results. businesses O.J. Simpson. He. Indeed, he is. Uh, the Temptations, uh, the classic group of soul, moved into funk, uh, but it just, it, amazing orchestrations and harmonies and all the rest of it anyway and the dancing wasn't bad either you're number five number five for me is probably the most original artist well besides number one most original artist because he just does his own thing and and he cares about what people think i think but he does his own thing and he's brave enough to do it and i could actually see him covering a temptation song is tom waits yeah so and if people don't know who tom waits it's very gather the family around it's very very listenable <laughs> i mean it is if you like it it's yeah, just if it people is. if I, i'm i'm, I'm just, used to listening to keith gathering. urban what's this stuff oh it's like oh what is this gathering around the gathering the family around for the latest tom waits release that's right <clears throat> it's kind of like them gathering around for this podcast indeed uh my number four is hello i'm johnny cash uh just i thought i said elo for a minute and i was like no Yellow would be in my top mm, 200. Um, Yellow, for me, did actually produce some kind of music. (laughs) It did produce some kind of music. A a melodic term. Uh, Johnny Cash. Uh, We talked about it a little bit, and it's like if literally half of this, half of the rock songs that ever existed, especially if they have a little bit of the southern rock flares, like if uh, we're talking about counting Black Crows. And, you know, all of the Southern rock stuff. If Johnny Cash had covered this stuff, it's like, oh, my God. Somewhere there's a Johnny Cash impersonator who is doing uh, Black Crow songs and Allman Brothers and stuff. But doing as Johnny Cash is like instantly improved. Uh, just an amazing performer. As a person, he had his issues. But well, but he had his issues and learned from them. Exactly. exactly. That's what makes him, a, to me, a good human being. Yeah, because exactly. that's what you should do, right? You make mistakes and you <clears throat> learn from them, Jalen Carter. Uh, <laughs> how often does, does someone is someone able to put a professional and personal code on their life like Johnny Cash was with the uh, recording of the song Hurt? I mean, right. a- absolutely brilliant, absolutely brilliant performance. Anyway, that's my number four, Johnny Cash. Johnny uh, number four for me is is a band actually. There's a band that's touring right now. They decided to to tour. Is is the Cure? I guess they have a new album coming out. But yeah, I yeah. mean, Robert Smith is uh, is uh, a god to me. Uh, but uh, just especially early Cure, which I have 
most of their vinyl uh, up until a certain point. But early cure is just, early, you know, it's <laughs> early it's, cure. The pickle juice turns kind of post punk. Yeah, but it changes music, and he's yeah, just yeah. such a fan- fantastic songwriter. And as it turns out, recently he knows how to kick Ticketmaster in the ass. Yes. So. Uh, yeah, I was just talking about Ticketmaster with a friend the other day, and it's like, you know, it'd be really nice. Is like, if you're going to take action against TikTok, let's take care of Ticketmaster first. Can we do that? Well, you you know what he did, Robert Smith, right? Yeah. What yeah. he did. Okay. Yeah, because they were charging – the Cure, for people who don't know, they've always – they play like four-hour shows, but they've always tried to keep the ticket prices fairly low because people right. can afford to go. Amazing, right? Yeah, and they're not elitist, so it's not like we don't want a bunch of rich people showing up to our show only. So Ticketmaster was charging all these extra prices, as they do, or as Keanu Reeves said about his mom running away from when she was 15 to Beirut, and he said, as one does – um recently on a smartless podcast you gotta listen to it it's, he's fantastic but anyway robert smith uh went to Ticketmaster and was like you need to to stop doing this you need to refund some and they did they actually did right. do stuff so i mean people it's like you have all these bands who i know they're there to make money but Ticketmaster is making a whole lot of money off them those bands like robert smith the cure need to stand up and be like you're not treating my fans good enough you need yes. to change it do you have stock in Ticketmaster? Because I don't, and I really should. Because, well, I, my dad owns it. They, <laughs> it explains a lot. Um, you know, seriously, when it went south like in, in, in the, the, a couple of years ago, he went south too. If you know what I mean. Yeah, unfortunately, I know what you mean. Um, Bleak humor. Yeah, ticket, t- you know, if Ticketmaster charged five percent on top, they would be raking in the cash, and in, their their fees are what thirty, forty percent. Oh my gosh! Yeah, they're ridiculous. Easily. Yeah. Well, the the ticket prices for the Cure were around thirty nine bucks, which sounds ridiculous, right? Nowadays, right. the Ticketmaster with Ticketmaster it was like seventy, almost eighty bucks a ticket, and it was all more, Ticketmaster. More than double, more than double, yeah. unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, I recently saw a performer who was number two in my list. He's part of a group, and saw him in the Ticketmaster feature. George Clinton, a third of it. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, speaking of. Speaking of the blackness, my number three is Stevie Wonder. Going back to hearkening back to someone who plays every instrument, writes everything on the planet, like Prince. While being blind. Does it at a high level while being blind, which is like, it's beyond me. And deaf and can't touch anything. Uh, Yeah, Stevie Wonder. The Helen Keller of. The Helen Keller of music. Uh, Stevie Wonder is that, um, and still performing, uh, still relevant. Maybe not quite. He's still only like 50 years old, right? (laughs) Yeah, I believe his first album was released when he was prenatal. Um, Well, he was 13, I think, wasn't he? Yeah, he was 13. Little Stevie Wonder. Fingertips, part two. Um, Absolutely. Part one sounded like Keller Keller. They redid it. (laughs) That's why they had to redo it. Yeah, Stevie Wonder is just absolutely brilliant. Brilliant musician. The brilliance that it takes. I have a couple. Kind of a good person, too. Yeah. Yeah, Well, and and the. I have a couple of Stevie Wonder vinyls, and just one of them is um, crap. I can't remember the name of the album. It's the one fulfilling where he's lists. fulfilling list slice vanilla. No, <laughs> it's the one with vanilla ice on it. No, it's um, it's, <laughs> it's brown he, on the he top. Would, he would do it. He would do it. It's phenomenal, but he plays all the instruments, and it's just that I, I can't even comprehend compre- comprehend the greatness that it actually takes to do that. Yeah, that's um, the thing. He, well, like Prince, it's like uh, just. 
oh, I'm not only going to play all the instruments, I'll be one of the best musicians on the planet at every instrument. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah when okay. when doves cry, you know, that came to be because it was part of the montage of, of Purple Rain. You probably know this story. Yeah. But uh, the director was like, we need a song and we need it fairly quickly for the montage. And Prince was like, OK. And they were kind of recording and they're filming in, in Minnesota where he's from. So he um he went home about 10 p.m., came back the next morning, at 6 a.m., had written, recorded, produced When Doves Cry and just said, hey, here's the song. And it's like, yeah, who does that. <laughs> now, he's not in my top 10. He would be in the top 20. Well, Prince, but also reminds me of the thing about Miles Davis that uh, he was contracted to do the soundtrack for a French film, Elevator to the Gallows. And they said, okay. And he basically wrote the score in 48 hours and sat in and recorded it live while he was watching the thing. And it's like, that's what they used. It's like, you know, there are geniuses in the world. And then there are true geniuses. Actual geniuses. Yeah. Yeah, Just unbelievable. Um, so number number three for me is is a guy I think is not truly a lyrical genius, but I could say he's a lyrical genius. He's maybe the best lyricist on this list to me anyway. Is Morrissey and the Smiths. Yeah. So I have a Smiths and Morrissey. Um, and the only reason they've kind of they've fallen. They used to be number two for a long time. Now they've number three for a couple of reasons. I feel like the band who's number two. Yeah, I feel like the band who's number two is has. I mean, the, again. The last the album that came out last week is just ridiculously good, um, but they've just they've always sustained a, a level of how great they are. And Morrissey's politics have just gone kind of south. And that to me, that detracts from the music when some of sure. the music is politically driven. Like, of oh, course. I said this, but now it's like eh. it's like, OK, so but there's still the his lyrics are just freaking. I wish I could write lyrics like that, to be honest. So. I didn't know Bay City Rollers just released an album. Interesting. Uh, my number two. two. It was uh, two double albums, actually. <laughs> two double albums. <laughs> one's the black it's, album, one's the white album. They were like, fuck Prince and the Beatles. We're going to do this. And it's all Quadrophenia. Uh, my number yeah, two. Right. Speaking of politically oriented uh, bands. It's so it, good they sample themselves. <laughs> is, is U2. And again, speaking of artists who do solo projects, solo Bono hasn't done that many solo projects, but that's who I was talking about. Went to see Bono in, in his book tour, which is a book tour slash concert. Um, and Ticketmaster said, oh, here, here's another 40% on top of that. Anyway, <clears throat> you too. In Canada, too. I, I can't imagine. What so Ticketmaster is everywhere. They're not like. Yeah, yeah, sadly. Uh, uh, well, sad. at least they're. They're in here in Canada. North America. <laughs> Maybe if I bought the tickets in Canada, they would have been $18 or something. Um, it's interesting. And, it's a good point, I, actually. You two, speaking of politically motivated, and obviously the band members are, and now they're going to have a resonance in Vegas. And it's like, mm, okay, that's kind of sad in a way. But also – Fans get to go see U2, so that's not necessarily a bad thing. Although I'm pretty sure we'll never see The Cure take a residency in Vegas. That would be kind of bizarre. But uh, <laughs> Morrissey did that, though, recently. Did he really? Okay. Yeah. Well, that explains why he's down to number three. Anyway, U2, uh, second favorite uh, band and has been since, mm, I guess, uh, since their second album. So you're number two. Number two for me is Asia. 
No, I'm just kidding. Uh, number two. <laughs> I want, I listen to Toto every single day. That's right. I mean, Toto 4 was great, but they just released Toto 5, and it is almost like Poco, if you know what I mean. Um, uh, number two for me is uh, Depeche Mode. Uh, Depeche Mode is uh, pretty good for a band for a bunch of vegans. Um, no, I mean, they've... Uh, <laughs> kind of change music right electronic music it's not really electronic music but that's what they're called yeah. and they kind of brought that in and perfected it and and they still are are better than the bands and and but the, again it goes back to the song the songs are just so great and this last they, they lost a, a band member a long-term band member i saw one review it was a q or the telegraph in england that was like yeah they've changed you know, this this new album is really good. You know, they've gone through through some band lineup changes over the years. And it's like, no. Nope. They had Andrew Fletcher since almost inception. They lost uh, Wilder 30 years ago. And before that, they lost Vincent Clark, who went on to form another band. That's it. Well, and be, so to be accurate, they did go through some changes. Three. Yeah, they did. Because I'm sorry, the guy died. It's like, <laughs> oh, they went through some changes. I guess somebody had to die. Um, I mean, they're they're in their early 60s now, but it's just this new album is just it's called Memento Mori, which means remember death. But it's they've they they are able to do this thing where it's like it sounds well, some of the songs are bleak, but it's bleak. But with it's almost like a happy. What's it? What's Kierkegaard? He's like a melancholy. It's like a like a happy melancholy which is something you can't really find, but they're so good at it. That's really what it is. So it's like this it sounds bleak on this new album, but it's really kind of hope. And hey, remember, you are going to die, but at the same time, you're going to live. You're living now. Yeah. Um, they're, I, I know. Are they going to be touring as well? Or no? They are. They are, are they touring. Are. They're actually my, Big Mike. Uh, you mentioned Big Mike. Big yeah, Mike's yeah. going to see the Cure, and oh, yeah. he's going to see Depeche Mode Depeche in Mode. That's right. a few days, actually. That's right. Yep. Hi, Big Mike. Um, hope you enjoyed the concert. We know you will. I was just looking through because a certain wonderful person was coming down uh, and came down last Big Mike. couple of weeks ago. Yeah, Big Mike and I hung out for a week. It was fantastic. That would but be was, pretty cool, actually. It would be. But we wouldn't be doing the same things because that would be weird. But I was hey, looking hey, hey. concerts. Weird for me. That's all I'm saying, because uh, yeah, I'm not comfortable being there. Anyway, bottom. As uh, long as it's bleached. <laughs> I was looking at concerts, and there were so many 80s bands in concert. Yeah. It was absolutely crazy. Blondie. Psychedelic Furs is, is, is out. Blondie, I didn't know Blondie was touring. Blondie is touring, and as far as I know, the original lineup. With of Peter Cetera. With Peter Blondie and Peter Cetera. Well, that concert's done. Debbie can't make it, but Peter's in. Wow. God. Um, Bikini Kill with Peter Cetera. (laughs) Hey, that's my number one. Um, (laughs) The BC Boys lost a member, but Peter's going to fill in. Can you imagine? Can you? It's like the band killer, Peter Cetera. Can you? Beastie Boys with Peter Cetera. Oh, my God. That hurts. Holy shit. Um, Here's a band that even Peter Cetera couldn't kill, the Beatles. Um, Always have been my my favorite band. You look at what the individuals did after they decided to, you know what? We're too successful. I got to jump in. I'm surprised you didn't have the fifth member of the Beatles on this list. Pete Best? (laughs) Pete. (laughs) <laughs> Preston, you know, 
<laughs> Billy Preston. Yeah, I don't know if Billy Preston would be my top 20, but Billy Preston was the bomb, man. What? He's a lot better than Peter Cetera. <sighs> Listen, I'm a lot better than Peter Cetera. And I'm not on my top 50, so it'd be like about 53. Uh, but uh, I, I'm not even going to say anything about the Beatles because if, if if I have to explain why the Beatles are great, <laughs> exactly like it, that's the thing though, isn't it? It's like it's hard to explain yeah. like to somebody who who isn't our age or yeah. even or understands the, or understands it's, the concept of music. Yeah, because it's like oh, the Beatles are great. The songs are great period but it's like they did i can't even list all the stuff they did i mean people that's the argument i've always had about the beatles and the beatles aren't on my top 10 but they're definitely in my top 20 probably top 15 but it's um the thing with with elvis versus the beatles it's like well the beatles uh, there wouldn't be world tours without the beatles they they wrote their own songs they changed the way you record music i mean it's elvis is fine what he is there's, right. There's no music that we have today without the Beatles. The Beatles it still exists with Elvis. The Beatles are innovators in so many ways. The, the harmonizing, the lyricist, the lyrical, uh, just the recording. And George Martin obviously deserves a lot of the credit for that. Their producer, longtime producer. But I mean, just uh, yeah. wrote some good books and had a series on HBO <laughs> recently as well. Peter Cetera? I didn't know that. No, George George Martin. And then are you talking about the guy who wrote <laughs> Dragon stuff. Yeah, yeah, same guy. He just dropped a couple initials. Um, <laughs> Ringo did all the soundtrack to it. Ringo, Ringo. You know, it's funny because uh, there's there's been a, a resurgence in appreciation of Ringo Starr, which I think is kind of overdue. But and, and you see a lot of younger drummers talking about it, it's like you know who doesn't get credit is Ringo, and because you know the funny looks and and the quirky personality that he did for you know just for appearances sake and phenomenal yeah. drummer phenomenal drummer not a showy drummer he's not buddy rich yeah, just like charlie that, watts of the rolling stones bit. again yeah. one in my top 15 probably Same it's thing. like he's not a showy drummer but he he does what drummers are supposed to do right. he keeps the beat and does it exactly i watched a youtube video of some young you know it's he's not an influencer but he's he's a technically competent drummer but he he like breaks joe down songs is joe biden with uh, you know who on bass, <clears throat> but he's Peter demonstrating Sarah. he's demonstrating uh, the beat in one of their songs. I can't remember which song, but he's demonstrating the beat and talking about, okay, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this for as long as I can, and he's like about a minute and a half, and he said, I said, and he said, eh, like I'm a pretty good drummer, but it's like, and it sounds very basic, but it's like he did this for three and a half minutes, and he would do this live over and over, and it's like, and I can I can't even get through two minutes of this, and right. it's not showy, it's not flashy. It's the foundation, as any good band, the foundation is the drums uh, of laying down the groove. Uh, and Yeah, the rhythm section. I, the Beatles just needed a better bassist. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> McCartney yeah. played the bass, for those people who don't know. It's, it's, it's odd because they're all so technically proficient. Yeah, um, and yeah Harrison, Harrison, sorry to jump in, but Harrison yeah. by himself. If Harrison had never been with the Beatles... Right. He still would be George Harrison and be right. a phenomenal guitarist. It's it's really weird because they're all. Which is so weird that they had Clapton come in. Yeah, and then the group like, went down. He's like, oh, what a Clapton's insult. here. Uh, Abbey Road's our last album. We're done. But yeah, that's uh, the thing. It's like, who's the least successful solo artist? Probably Ringo Starr. And 
he had a successful solo career and would have even if he had never been in the Beatles. But anyway, let's cut to the chase and get to the real band. Your number one is Peter Cesare, of course. Uh, Peter changed music, uh, made it worse. No, um, <laughs> destroyed music as we know it. <laughs> That's right. Kids, for those listening, music used to be kick ass. Peter Cetera came in, and now you see what we have. Molly Coddlers. Nothing but Molly Coddlers. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, no, number one for me is uh, David Bowie, which has been number one forever, I think. Yeah. Uh, talking about changing music. Uh, yeah. Basically, uh, in a lot of the same ways the Beatles did, because he was so inventive in what he did that mm-hmm. he changed things without he, – he never thought, just like the Beatles never thought – Oh, I'm going to record it this way or I'm going to make music this way and it's going to make me special and re- change music. It's like that's what they wanted to do. And then people were like, oh, OK, well, that's good. We'll do that, too. Um, but just I mean, there's no electronic music without David Bowie. There's no I mean, there's so many different things that he did. Um, and now, you know, as he started of course, he couldn't even tour Tennessee. So um, anyway, yeah, number one for me, David Bowie. Just uh, if if I'm picking a he's like the top prospect in the NFL draft and then that's known and we're worried about everybody else. That's basically how it works for me. How it works. Have you seen Moon Age Daydream yet? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, own it. I've seen it. Yeah, it's fantastically done. Wrote it's, uh, it. Wrote it. Wrote it. I wrote it. That's what that's why they took that part out and made it good. Um, <laughs> yeah. I have not. I was all hyped to see it, and it came out, and I, it was like something came up, and I got to see it. And, of course, it was like in a week it was gone because, I mean, that's, that's that kind of movie. It's not going to be playing a lot. Uh, nothing plays for a long time at this point, basically. That's true. Uh, but I still haven't gotten around to, to seeing it. It's just one of those things. It's like, like Woman King. I finally watched Woman King last week. It was like, I don't know why the hell I waited. but yeah. Kaleidoscope, I've seen it termed as a kaleidoscope that's a very fitting word for it it's it's well done and it's not hard wow. to follow but it's it's really well done kind of fits david bowie too doesn't it yeah well and he's you know well i'm sure you know he he basically uh his his estate allowed that person to to take the footage they did because yeah yeah so anyway that's our show an hour and a half into it really long because the rob gordon's always take half the show but <laughs> We're, we're going to end it this way. Um, thanks for. Why are you the worst? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.